Good. Father, we thank you for your goodness, for your mercy as we reverently approach your word. We do so soberly. We trust that you would give utterance to me to say what it is that you'd have me to say and that you'd anoint the people's ears to hear what it is. The Holy Ghost is saying to them through the holy written word, the Bible in Jesus name. Amen. You can be seated. Open your Bibles to Matthew, the fourth chapter, Matthew, the fourth chapter. I was wondering how and I've wondered this over the years, uh, how churches. This one included churches in America, including this one would be affected if Jesus were to stand in the pulpit. For several weeks and preach. I wonder how churches would be affected. I wonder how people would respond. If Jesus himself stood in the pulpits. You know this is a pulpit here. This podium. And preached week in and week out. Now. He has an individual message for each church. You can see that in Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3. He'd have a specific message for each church. As it pertained to the issues and the people of that church. But in general, what would he say to all of us if he were to stand here for several weeks and preach? I don't know about you, but I'd, I'd like to know what Jesus would have to say to, to us. Now, we can know that. You know how, how we can know that? Because we've got the Bible. We've got the Word of God. And we can know generally what Jesus would preach to us. And you know as well as I do, when Jesus speaks, the letters come out red. Now, you know that. Is that right? When anybody else in the Bible speaks, the words come out black. But when Jesus speaks, they come out red. Then they're not going to get it. So we'll just move right on. So we're titling this the red letters, the red letters. And uh, I get thoroughly excited when I think about Jesus and what he would have to say. You know, we can get so caught up in listening to this, that and the other that we tend to not take the time that we should to listen to the most important one that we ought to be listening to. And that's Jesus. Is that right? And we can actually, as a church, go years and years and years and preach from the word of God and never really look at what Jesus actually said. But for the next several weeks, that's what we're going to do, because that's what the spirit of God's directed me to do. It's also very easy to look at what Jesus did. How many of you know he did a lot of mighty miracles? So easy to look at what he did and overlook what he said. I remember uh, Brother Hagen claimed that Jesus appeared to him on several different occasions, and I believe that he did. Now, whether he did or didn't doesn't affect my eternal salvation. How many of you know Brother Hagen could miss it? So whether he whether Jesus appeared to him or not is, you know, I believe that he did. But over all the years, I, I often thought, you know, boy, if I could just spend a few minutes with Brother Hagen, I know what I'd ask him. I'd ask him what Jesus looked like. And then some time ago, I heard another minister talking about that. And he said an immature Christian 
would ask Brother Hagin, what did Jesus look like? <laughs> Most important thing is not what did Jesus look like, but what did Jesus say? Now, that's a sign of a Christian that's maturing. What did Jesus say? Well, I'm not going to tell you what Jesus told Brother Hagin because that, that's Brother Hagin could miss it. Let's get in the Bible. What do you say? And study the Bible and let's look at what Jesus said. Now, in Matthew 4, he began to preach. And over the next several weeks, now, it would take us all a year and we couldn't do it in a year. It would take several years and couldn't do it in several years. It would take us millennia to get through everything Jesus said. We just don't have that kind of time. But what we are going to do is, as led by the Spirit of God over the next several Sundays, we're going to look at some of the some of the uh, 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 keynote things. And, and everything Jesus said is keynote. You understand that. But we're going to look at some of his major sermons, major messages, major things as the Spirit of God would lead me. That's why you need to be praying for me that we, 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 we get what, what it is the Spirit of God wants us to get. All right. And we're going to be looking at what Jesus said, some of the major things that he said. Now, he began to preach. Let's get into this here now. In Matthew 4, he began to preach, of course, in Galilee. Now, you need to realize that Jesus lived for about 30. I'll let you know. I'm not ready yet. Uh, thanks, Garrett. I like him. He's a step ahead of me. You want a sound man and a projection man that's a step ahead. Did I say Matthew what? Well, I hadn't given you the verse yet. I'll give you the verse when I'm ready, all right? If you were really in the spirit, you'd already know the verse. No, I'm teasing. I'm just kidding. Jesus lived 30 years on this earth. Now, how many of you know he was the son of God? Is that right? Also the son of man. He was 100% God, 100% man. Is that correct? Now, you need to realize that he did not operate in this earth as the son of God. Though he was the son of God, he didn't operate as the son of God. He operated as as the son of man, human, be 100 percent human, just like you or me. He operated for 30 years and he didn't do one miracle, one sign, nothing like that. You know what he did for the first 30 years of his life? He lived by faith. Now, how do I know that? Because the Bible says it without faith, it's impossible to please God. And we know that when Jesus came to John in the Jordan and was baptized in water, when he came up out of the water, remember the heavens opened and, and, and we heard God say something. He said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So he lived by faith for 30 years. But when he was 30, he was baptized in the, in the Jordan of John. Remember John the Baptist. And when Jesus came up out of the water, something happened. It's very important. We'll see this in a moment. The Spirit of God descended upon him as a dove would descend and, 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 and uh, came upon Jesus. And then he began his public ministry. Of course, he, was, he went in the wilderness 40 days, tempted of the devil. He came out of the wilderness and then he began his public ministry. Now, he begins his public ministry here in Galilee. Now, I'll give you the verse. Matthew 4, 17. Matthew 4, 17. From that time, Jesus began to preach. So now, what would Jesus say? Red letters here. 
What would Jesus say? He began to preach and he said, now, in his public ministry, what are the first words, the first sermon Jesus preaches? What's the first word out of his mouth? What? Repent. Repent. Now, that's not a very popular word today here in the United States. That word has all been has been all but lost. In so many of the pulpits of America. Repent. That's first word. Jesus. That's first word. Repent. Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now that word repent. The Amplified Bible actually uh, translates it like this. Change your mind for the better. Change your mind for the better. Heartily amend your ways. With abhorrence of your past sins. Amend your ways with abhorrence of your past sins. That's what Jesus said. That's the first thing out of his mouth in his first message after being anointed by the Holy Spirit. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Change your mind for the better. Amend your ways with abhorrence of your past sins. Now, Jesus preached repentance not only to sinners... But also, if you took the time in Revelation chapter 2 and chapter 3, you'd see that when Jesus addressed the local churches there, that the main word or one of the main words that he had for each of the churches, except two of them, five of the seven, Jesus preached repentance to the churches. Did you know that not only do sinners need to be called to repentance, but many times Christians need to be called to repentance as well? Did you hear what I just said? Sinners certainly need to be called to repentance, but not only that, people who are already born again need to be called to repentance because it's just so easy to get off track. It's just so easy to to lose sight of what's important and to get off track. And Jesus will call the church to repentance just as quick as he'll call a sinner to repentance. Now. You also need to understand something when you study the Bible and when you you look at the ministry of Jesus. That Matthew, Mark and Luke are called the synoptic gospel accounts. Now, remember, there's how many gospel uh, accounts are there? I'm going to help you with a hint here. How many gospel accounts are there? Now, now, come on now. I could be lying to you. See how many smart people we have. How many Gospels are there? (laughs) Well, I'm doing this on purpose to try to get you to see something. There's one Gospel. How many accounts? Four. Now, you know, years ago I thought, God, why did you have to put four of them there? Why didn't you just give us one? And that would have been so much easier on me and everybody else. It's more powerful to do it the way God did it. Study the Bible for about 30 some odd years like I have. And you'll see that it's more powerful to do it the way God did it. I won't get into all the reasons why. There's one gospel. There's four different accounts of the same thing. Four sides of the same mountain. Did you hear what I just said? So how many Gospels are there? There's one. How many accounts are there? Four. Four accounts of the same mountain, looking at that mountain from four different sides. Powerful what God did. Are you okay? 
Now, if you read Matthew, Mark and Luke, they're called the synoptic gospels. And the reason that they are is because they they they're set up in such a way that to get the full picture of what Jesus said or did, you have to read the account in Matthew, Mark and Luke to get the full picture. Now, John it's different in that it gives the gospel account according to John, but it covers things that, that Matthew, Mark, and Luke didn't cover. And sometimes, like for example, the resurrection, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all cover the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John do cover, John does cover things that Matthew, Mark, and Luke cover. But, but, but really to get, get a full picture as we go along the next several weeks, we're going to need to look at what Jesus said in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And and to get the full picture of it. Did, did you hear what it just said? How many of you know you can look at a mountain from one side and not see the whole mountain? Is that correct? And that's where people make a lot of mistakes a lot of times in studying the word of God. They just read what Matthew had to say about it. And uh, and they don't read what uh, Mark and Luke said about it. They don't get the full picture, you see. Did you hear what it just said? Now, you know, there's no some people say, well, there's contradictions in the Bible. How many of you know there's no contradictions in the Bible? There might be a contradiction in your brain, but there's not a contradiction in the Bible. Did you hear what I just said? Okay. So if you'll, if you'll thoughtfully, prayerfully study the Bible, you'll see no contradiction there. Now, Jesus, in Matthew's account of his first sermon, Jesus' first message, what was the first word? Repent. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, let's go to Mark's account. And, and let, let's, let's get more of what Jesus said. Let's go to Mark 1.14. Mark 1.14. After John, that's John the Baptist, put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God. And saying, the time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God is at hand. Now, what does he say here? Repent. Did he say that in the other account? So did he say repent? Yeah, repent. Now he says something else. And what? And believe in the gospel. So now we have another word. Do you realize that Jesus didn't start out calling people to believe or to faith, believing and having faith, same thing. He didn't start out calling people to faith. He started out calling them to what? Repent. Belief without repentance is powerless. Did you hear what I just said? As it pertains to salvation or getting forgiven of your sins, belief without repentance is powerless. Did you, you might want to write that down. Belief without repentance is powerless. Now, what does it mean to repent? To have a change of heart, change of mind. Now, He starts out preaching, repent and believe in the gospel. Now, just so you don't get confused, uh, Matthew talks about the kingdom of heaven and Mark talks about the kingdom of God. And small wars have been fought over what's the difference. And I'll just save you about 20 years of fighting and fussing. Same thing. Kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven, same thing. 
Sometimes people want to argue, well, the kingdom of heaven is you know, it's up there where Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Father. Kingdom of God's here on the earth. And you can get into a bunch of, 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 of fruitless argument on what's the difference between the two. Let me save you a whole bunch of time and trouble. They're the same thing. You okay? Kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, same thing. And uh, he said here in Mark 1, 15, repent and what? And believe in the gospel repent and believe so there had to be a repentance a change of heart a change of mind and then there had to be a believing or a faith or a trusting in Jesus and what he said did you hear did you did you get that now of course the gospel somebody said well what is the gospel well Jesus to to, to really get what he was talking about see we don't have the fullness yet of what he was talking about right here we don't have the fullness of it yet. We have to go to Luke to really get and see what he was saying. We'll have to go to Luke to really get and see what he, to get and see what he was saying. But you need to realize that is, you see, the Bible is a progressive revelation. And we, of course, understand the Apostle Paul as we get got on into the days of the New Testament and the Holy Spirit used the Apostle Paul to tell us more specifically what the gospel is. What is it? The death the burial, resurrection of Jesus. Is that correct? And so certainly that's what, what it is. But Jesus, when he came on the scene, anointed of the spirit, he, he was saying, hey, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. In other words, now the kingdom of God is going to is going to begin. Now, you also need to realize that Jesus said, because people want to know, well, where is the kingdom of God? Where is the kingdom of God? Jesus said, we'll, we'll, we'll look at this perhaps later, not today, but later on. Luke 17, Jesus said, the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven is within us. You remember him saying that? And there'll come a time where he will set up a literal kingdom here upon the earth, known as his millennial reign for a thousand years. And then after that, there'll be a, when we go back into eternity upon the, the, there'll be a, the Bible talks about a renovated new heaven, new earth, be renovated by fire. You understand that? And there'll be an eternal kingdom of God here upon the earth throughout eternity. But this kingdom, the good news is, is that Jesus is on the gospel. Remember, what does gospel mean? It means, it means good what? Good news. He's a good news. He's essentially saying this. Put it in my own words. Good news. I'm here anointed of the spirit. And now the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is at hand. And, and, and uh, as we put this all together, as we go on. Well, I can, I can tell you right now. Remember when he had that private interview with Nicodemus? How many of you remembers that when Nicodemus came to him by night and talked to him? And, and remember what Jesus told him about the kingdom of God and how to enter it. Remember, we could look at it in John 3, but to save time here. What did Jesus tell Nicodemus? He, he, he told him that you must be something or other to enter the kingdom of God. You must be born again. How do you get born again? Well, Jesus told Nicodemus that in John 3:16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever... Believes in him, but before now you put it all together now, before you believe, you have to. So so if you take the Bible in context, uh, Jesus really told it there. He said that whosoever repents and believes in me will not perish, but have everlasting life. 
See, a lot of times people think repentance is, 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 is us doing something in of ourselves to obtain salvation. That's not what that word repentance is. But repentance is simply, realize, say, change of heart, change of mind. That's, it, that's, that's what it is. It's not a work that you do, an outward work. It's having a change of heart, a change of mind. And then you believe on Jesus and you get born again. And when you get born again, you enter the kingdom of God. And where is the kingdom of God? It is within us. Good news. Gospel. He said, repent and believe the gospel. But now we need to go on into Luke. To really get the fullness of what Jesus preached. We see in Matthew he said repent. In Mark he says repent and believe. But now let's get the rest of his sermon. The rest of his message here in Luke 4. Luke 4.14. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Now notice that. In the power of the Spirit to Galilee. Now how do we know it was in the power of the Spirit well, the Bible just told us that it was. But if you if you were to take the time and I said it before, I'll say it again. Jesus had just come from the waters of baptism where he was anointed with the spirit of God. Now, remember, the waters of baptism won't save you. Water won't wash away sins. Is that right? How many of you know you better be saved on your way to heaven before you go down in the water? Is that right? How many of you know Jesus didn't need to be water baptized for himself, did he? Remember, John refused him. He said, suffered to be so now for such will fulfill the all righteous, so on and so forth. What, what Jesus was actually doing there is he was he was beginning to identify publicly with man. You see, he needed uh, 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 no forgiveness, but that was one way that he publicly identified with us. Did you hear me? And when we get born again after we're saved on our way to heaven, then we need to get water baptized. It's a way of showing to the world what's happened on the inside of us. And it's us publicly identifying ourselves with him. Did you get what I just said? So that's why it was water baptized. We could say more on that. But then what happened to him at the water baptism? The Holy Spirit came on him. Is that right? Then he went out in the wilderness, tempted 40 days, 40 nights. How many of you know Jesus was tempted in all points like as we are yet without sin? Never sin. You Okay. And, and, and so he comes out of the wilderness. He comes in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. Verse 4, Luke, Luke 4.14. Looks like they all start with verse 14. I guess Jesus' life started on, starting on 14. Wasn't it Mark? Matthew 14. Mark 4. Wasn't it? Oh, well. Wasn't it? Yeah. Pretty cool here. Matthew 4.17. And then I took you to Mark 1.14. And now where are we? In Luke 4.14, I guess we just like starting on 14. Is it all right if I give you a little side commentary to try to make you laugh and I don't succeed? That's fine. I taught junior high for a lot of years. There's nothing you people are going to do that's going to throw me off. Are you okay? So now where are we at? Luke 4.14. He returns in the power of the Spirit to Galilee. News of him went out throughout all the surrounding region. You'll see why here in a moment. And he taught their synagogues being glorified by all. So, so, I mean, Jesus is preaching. Now, so far, what do we know that he's saying? Repent and believe. And, but, but now, all of a sudden, we see there, I mean, people are just, just, just excited about his ministry. I mean, being glorified by all. He, he, but, but now, and we'll see why in a minute. But now he comes, look at Luke 
Look at Luke 4.16. So he comes somewhere. Where does he come to? Where he had been? Uh-oh, he came to his hometown. He came to Nazareth where he'd been brought up. And as his custom was, you ought to underline that, as his custom was. That means something he did regularly. He went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up to read. Now, is this something that Jesus did regularly all along before this time? Did the Bible just say that? Now, don't miss that. Don't miss that now, because if you miss that, you're going to miss something real good. This is something he'd been doing a long time. Is that right? But now this time, time something different, something different is going to happen. He was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, and it was actually chapter 61 as, as we as we have it now. But nonetheless, so had they done that before, no doubt. Yeah. And he opened a book. He found the place where it was written. Now, notice this is what he'd been preaching in all along. What was the first word? Repent. And then. Believe, and now Luke is going to give us the rest of what he was saying in all these other places. He said, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now, that's what he said. And he read that right out of the book of Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Actually, he'd show up, he'd say what? Repent and believe the good news. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. This is what Jesus would preach as he'd go around. He'd say, what was the first thing come out of his mouth? Repent and what? Believe the good news. What's the good news? I'm here. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's a. Yeah, I got to get go. Yeah, Jesus didn't draw attention to himself. You understand that he didn't show up and say, I'm here. The spirit of God wanted me to correct that. So I got to correct. Jesus didn't show up and say, I'm here. He didn't do that. Say amen. He showed up and said, repent and believe the good news for what the spirit is upon me. Did you hear me? Because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book. He gave it back to the attendant and sat down. The eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. Now, you ought to underline that word. They were fixed on him. They were astonished. They were astounded. They was looking at him. They was looking at him funny. Hmm. Why is that? Well, he says here. Now, notice there's, there's a couple things. Then he says, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. So all bore witness of him and marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. And they said, is this not Joseph's son? Now, I want to say some things to you. 
had Jesus, because they're, 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 they're astonished, they're astounded. Had Jesus, was it his custom to go in there and on the Sabbath and read and preach? Was it, was it, was it his custom to do that? Had he done that before? Many times. Yes or no? Yes. Now all of a sudden he does it and now everybody's looking at, I mean, he got everybody's attention. I mean, everybody's just fixed on him. Why is that? I'll tell you why. It's the first time that he went in there and preached under the anointing. It's the first time that he went in there and preached under the anointing. He'd gone in there many times before and preached, but he'd never preached under the anointing of the Spirit. I tell you what, 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 what we need is we need preachers under the anointing of the Spirit. Because you see, when you get preachers under the anointing of the Spirit, now all of a sudden there's good news for the poor. There's good news for the brokenhearted. There's good news for the captive. There's good news for those that are blind, you see. Can you say amen? Oh, yeah. When you get preachers preaching and there's no anointing, there's no help. But if you get preachers preaching and they're under the anointing of the Spirit, now there's help, but you still have to receive it. And they had never heard him preach under the anointing before. But that was Jesus. That was Jesus. That was Jesus. Yeah, he that was Jesus, all right. And he had never preached under the anointing in this place until this time. Did you hear what I just said? Jesus, in and of himself, never healed one person he couldn't. I just kicked over a bunch of people's theological cows. Jesus couldn't heal anybody because he was just as human as you or me. You okay? People still, boy, you say it. I said Jesus couldn't heal anybody any more than you or me. Until he was anointed of the Spirit to do so. Boy, that I can tell that just doesn't go over. It don't go over. People just, they can't accept it. They just can't get it. I said Jesus couldn't heal anybody in and of himself. Study it out. It wasn't until he was anointed of the Spirit. He was 100% human, just like you or me. Was he the son of God? Yes, he was. But he didn't operate in this earth as the son of God. He operated as the son of man. And he couldn't. The Bible said he laid down his expression of deity. He couldn't do anything in and of himself. He, he relied totally and completely on the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Now, as the resurrected Savior seated at the right hand of the Father, now we say Jesus is the healer and he is. But in his earthly ministry, he could do nothing except he was anointed of the Spirit to do so. And I'll go you one better. Nobody could be helped if they sat there bored out of their skull and didn't give full heed to what he was saying. If they didn't sit and hang on every word and believe it and receive it, they still wouldn't get any help. I'll prove it to you here in just a minute. 
I'm talking about in his earthly ministry. Now, of course, now, where is Jesus right now? He's seated at the right hand of the Father. Now, as the resurrected Lord and Savior, King of Kings, now, yes, Jesus is the healer. Anybody say amen? amen. But in his earthly ministry for that, that time he was here on the earth, he in even... He could not in and of himself heal anybody. He was just as human as you or me. And he depended on the anointing of the spirit of God to heal people. Now, the Bible says that he was anointed without measure. We as ministers, I have an anointing from God, but it's with measure. Jesus carried in his ministry the anointing of the the anointing of the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor and the teacher. He carried all of those anointings within. He had every every uh, the Bible talks about gifts of healings. He had all of the anointings for, for uh, totally uh, through the power of the spirit to heal every sickness and every disease among the people. Did you hear me? See, now I can tell you. uh Back years ago, the pastor that I uh, uh, studied under and learned under, he had a special anointing for healing in the area of backs, backs, B-A-C-K. He get people's back. The spirit of God would flow through him to get people's backs healed. And I'd see one right after the other. They'd come with back problems and uh, and they'd get healed. I remember one night uh, there was a fellow came up uh, and, and he was a thin guy and this pastor that I studied under, he was a big heavy guy and uh, the spirit of God directed the pastor because this guy that came up, he, 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 his back was hurting him, you see. And so the pastor had him lay down on his stomach and the spirit of God told the pastor to step on the guy's back. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, pastor's heavy set man. He's going to break that guy's back. He's not going to get the guy healed. He's going to break the back. Good. Good for sure. But you see, you want to do something under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And I remember when that pastor stood on that guy's back, it was, I heard it pop and crinkle and crack. And I'm thinking he's going to break the guy's, I'm there as the assistant. And you know what? He stepped on that guy's back and walked off him. And that guy got up healed. Can anybody say amen? amen? See, you need the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I can tell you any number of times in this church when, when and the spirit of God began to speak to me actually through that pastor. And then he's spoken to me, you know, to my own heart over the years that the spirit of God leading and directing, guiding me to at times as he would lead and direct that that we just do things uh, 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 at the direction of the spirit of God. And, and he'd heal people, you see. See, you want the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And uh, so we've done that over the years and we've gotten we, we've seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people healed by 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 the power of the spirit. You see hundreds of them, hundreds of them. Uh, just a couple of case in points. First time the spirit of God uh, came on me was up at the school where we started and we began to pray for the sick, had a line of people. And I got to this one fellow. He had he, he said he had a, a stomach uh, stomach hurt him. And, and, and the spirit of God prompted me to just pop him in the stomach. Well, I just went right on because I didn't want to hit anybody in the stomach, you know, and what if it don't work? But what if it does? You see, so the spirit of God, I got three or four people down and I could see, you can tell when you got off, you see, and he directed me to go back, got, came back to the guy. I said, sir, come back here. I said, the spirit of God, uh, direct me, he wants me to, uh, and so I just, I said, can I, can I punch you in the stomach? He looked at me. I said, I won't hit you too hard. And he said, sure. And so I just popped him in the stomach. He was instantly healed. Can you say amen? 
And the lady that came that day, she had a big old knot on the back of her neck. I'll never forget it. Standing right over in here. Same type of thing. I, I said to her, because uh, the Spirit of God, I prayed for her generally. But, you know, you want to be led of the Spirit. And he directed me to smack her on the back of the neck. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth, head of the church, we smacked her on the back of the neck and cursed that lump. Praise God. And within 24 hours, it was gone. Can you say amen? And we could go on and tell you one story right after another along those lines. One story right after another. There's a fellow standing over right over in here. Had fibromyalgia. I can't. I can barely say it. Certainly can't spell it. Don't even really know what it is. But he was having trouble. Intelligent man. He couldn't find his way home from the city of St. Louis out into the suburbs. He. I mean, intelligent man. This this fibromyalgia had him so bad that he couldn't find his way home. He'd have to call his wife, and and she'd have to give him directions how to get back to the house. And so we called for a prayer line that day, and, uh, and, and interesting, he didn't come up. And I could, you know, so I'm praying for the other people, but I noticed he didn't come up. Spirit of God directed me. See, you want the anointing of the Spirit. Direct me to go over, over to him and slap him. So I went over and slugged him one. Didn't hit him too hard, but enough to get his attention. Be healed in the name of Jesus. Came back within just a short time, instantly healed by the power of God. Can you say Amen. Most astounding one. I was standing up here one Wednesday night teaching right at the end of the service to see there it is. The spirit of God came on me. I was standing right over in here. Spirit of God came on me and and I just danced a little jig, ran around the room, came right back up here into the pulpit. You see, see, Jesus had the anointing without measure. I have it with measure. But it's the same anointing nonetheless. Seeing people, you have the same anointing that Jesus had exactly the same, except he had it without measure and I have it with measure. A lot of people just can't accept that. You know why it's the same? Because it's the same Holy Ghost. And I came back, got up here to the pulpit, and I felt like a fool. I asked my wife later, did I look like a fool? She still hasn't answered that question all these years later. But the next day the call came in. There was a lady back over here. She hadn't eaten for several days. Her belly was blowed up like a basketball was in it. She called in and testified to my assistant. She said... That when I ran past her, it was like heat. Fire jumped off on her. And her belly deflated. She went out that night and ate. Can you say amen? amen? See, that's what we want, the anointing of the Spirit. We want the anointing of the Spirit not only in, 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 in healings and miracles, but you know what? We need, the anointing of the, we need the anointing of the Spirit in the preaching and the teaching. Now, Jesus had never... Oh, Jesus had never preached under the anointing in his home church before. I remember the first time I preached in my home church under that pastor that stepped on that guy's back. I remember the first time I preached in that church, it was under the anointing. And when I got done, the whole place was just, they, they was looking at me like, I can't believe that that was you. Well, it was because I was yielding to something. I was yielding to the anointing, the Holy Spirit, the power of God. Now, remember, the Holy Spirit is not an it. He's a person. But he has power. And we want to yield to that power. Now, so he says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, 
Send me to heal the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to the captives, recover his side to the blind, set a liberty to those that are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. He gave the book to the attendant, sat down. Then he said, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Isn't that wonderful? See, the kingdom of God is at hand today. And notice all bore witness to him, verse 22, and marveled at the gracious words that proceed out of his mouth. And they said, is this not? Now, here's where they got in, in, in trouble. They said, is this not the carpenter's son? Now, I'll come back to that in just a minute. But let's notice elsewhere, because we're going to see that right here, right here in Jesus' hometown, he couldn't help anybody except just a few. But let's look at, because see, where would, he would go and what, what's the first words out of his mouth? And then, believe, and then he'd preach... Good news. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. That's what he preached. And look at what happened everywhere else he went. Matthew 4.23. Look at this. Matthew 4.23. Jesus went about. Look at this. He looked everywhere he went. Now he's in his hometown. We're going to leave him there for a minute. But let's go look and see everywhere else he went. What happened? Matthew 4.23. Jesus went about all Galilee. What did he do? Teaching in their synagogues. Preaching. The gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sickness and disease among the people. So everywhere he went, repent, believe the gospel. The spirit of the Lord is upon me for he's anointed me. And I'm going to tell you what, as he went about teaching and preaching, guess what? These people believe, realize they believe, they believed what he was saying. They believed that he was anointed. I've learned this a long time ago. In order to help you, you have to believe that the minister is anointed of the Spirit of God. If you don't believe that, then it's going to hinder you. I'll prove it here in just the time I have left today to talk to you. Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. Repent and believe the gospel of the Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he's anointed me. That's what he preached. And they believed, and notice, as he, as he went about teaching and preaching, they believed, notice, healing, realize, say healing, healing all kinds of sickness and disease among the people. His fame went throughout all Syria. They brought him all, they, look, they believe, and they're getting healed, and they brought him all sick people who were afflicted with various diseases and torments, and those who were demon-possessed, epileptics and paralytics, and he what, he, he, say he healed them. He healed him. Why? Was it Jesus in and of himself doing it? No, it was the, uh, the power of the Holy Ghost on him. But there's more to the story. They had to believe. Are you okay when I said that Jesus in his earthly ministry couldn't heal anybody? It was the anointing of the Spirit. Are you okay? You okay? Are you okay when I say that right now, seated at the right hand of the Father, Jesus is the healer? Are you okay? But in his earthly ministry, and that's where people have trouble, they think he operated as the son of God. He didn't. He operated as the son of man, anointed of the spirit. He went everywhere else he went. He'd preach and he'd say, what was the first words out of his mouth? Repent and believe for the spirit of the Lord is upon me for he's anointed me. Remember that? How many remember that? And he'd go all over the place there in Galilee teaching and preaching. And they believed and all kinds of sickness, all kinds of disease were being healed. Tormented people were being set free. Demon possessed people set free. Epileptics set free. Paralytics set free and healed. Can anybody say amen? 
But there was something different in Nazareth. In Nazareth, they were astounded. Wow, I've never seen him preach like that before. What was the difference? He was preaching under the anointing. So certainly when the anointing's there, you're going to get healed. Absolutely not necessarily so. Comes back to the second thing Jesus said. First was repent and the second was And in his hometown, they did not believe. And if you went back to Luke, if you went back to Luke, you'd see in verses chapter 4, 23 to 27, for the sake of time. Jesus knew that they didn't believe his words. He knew that by the Spirit. Do you know, I can tell you right now, when I'm in front of a crowd, and this has developed over the years, but I can tell you when people aren't. Did you remember a minute ago when I said to you that Jesus in and of himself here in his earthly ministry couldn't heal anybody? Remember when I said that? And I said, ooh, I can tell. There's a lot of people, they bucked at that. You can tell it in the spirit. Can you tell I just stepped on your toe? Huh? Yeah. Well, you can tell it in the spirit, too, when you step on people's toes. You can tell it. I can tell it. I can tell it when people are sitting there and they're just tolerating me. Can't wait till he gets done. I can tell that. I'll never say anything to you, to you about it or anybody else. I can't help those people. And Jesus can't help them. Because it's the same anointing. He just had it without measure. I can tell when people, and, 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 and I can tell when people aren't believing. I can tell when people aren't getting it. I can tell when people, I, you know, I've had people walk out on me. It used to bother me. You know what I do right now? I just go right on. I just go right on. They did a lot worse than that to Jesus. I'll show you here before I'm done. But right here in Luke four twenty three to 27, he knew that they weren't receiving it. And he, I believe he had a word of knowledge and he said, uh, he said, you're going to quote the proverb to me, physician, heal yourself. In other words, do miracles here like you did else. Prove something to us. See, they, 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 they weren't receiving from him. He refers to himself as a prophet. He says no prophet is without honor except in his own, own country, his own hometown. Did you know that that's one of the reasons that a lot of times we have trouble ministering to our immediate family members? Didn't say you can't minister to him. Didn't say you can't share Jesus with him. Didn't say you can't help him. But a lot of times they won't receive from you. So I have the same trouble with my family. I was able to minister to my mom. But the rest of the family, they, they still, they, they, I can't, I, it's, it's difficult. Because you see, they still see me as a little kid, a little snot-nosed kid that was a little brat cheating at old maid. They never let me grow up and become a man of God anointed of the Spirit. They still see me as a little snot-nosed kid, brat, cheating at old maid. Cheating my grandma at old maid. I marked the back of the cards. Is it good? What's that first word Jesus said? Is it good we can repent? Mark 6, verse 5. I'll just go on a little longer. I want you to see there in Nazareth. Now, was Jesus doing mighty works everywhere else? 
Was he anointed by the Spirit? And there's a scripture, I didn't give it to you, but there's a scripture, I think John the Baptist said it, that, that he'd be anointed without measure. So he had the spirit without measure. Is that something? Because I used to think, I used to say this as a kid. Oh, if we could get Jesus, I mean, there and with that full power anointing, I mean, I mean, in full measure, man, everybody's going to get healed. You know what I had to learn? That that's not true. Oh, yeah, but if we had Jesus there under the full, full power anointing man turned all the way up, everybody, boy, every, go up to that hospital, everybody's going to come out of there healed. Uh Uh-uh. Only those that will do that second word. The first was, the second was. Look at here, Mark 6, 5. Now, he could do no mighty work there. Didn't say he wouldn't, said he couldn't. Except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them. And he marveled because of their unbelief. Did you, could Jesus help people there in his hometown? No. And if you read the three accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, you'll see that he could only minister to a few. There were just a few. One translation said those of minor ailments. One translation says he tried to and he couldn't. Did he want to? Was it his will to? Yes. But could he? No. Why? Because of their unbelief. Did it stop him? Nope. He went about the villages in a circuit teaching. Now go back to Luke 4, 28. Let's see how Jesus, let's see how his first message ended up. In his hometown. Luke 4, 28. So all those in the synagogue, when they heard these things. Now this good news. Did you know he was preaching good news, wasn't he? But they couldn't receive him because they were familiar with him. They couldn't get past that he was, that he was uh, the carpenter. The carpenter's son. Mother's Mary, his brothers and, and uh, sisters here. Do you know, I just some things that I, as we go through these next weeks, I'll share some things with you that I've thought over the, over the years that I haven't talked about before. Do you know I can find nowhere that Jesus said, hey, whoa, whoa, wait, wait a minute, wait, whoa, whoa, wait, wait. Don't you know I was born of a virgin? Do you know Jesus was born of a virgin, wasn't he? Yes, he was. I never find where he uses that as a point to try to get people to believe on him. Don't you find that interesting? That's just interesting. Something that, was he born of a virgin? Yes. Yes. But I don't ever see where he uses that as a point to try to get people to believe on him. Just something I've thought about. But those in the synagogue, when they'd heard these things, they were happy as a lark. No, they were slightly upset. No, they were filled with... They were mad as a wet hornet. He had never preached under the anointing, but basically what, 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 what they were hung up with is he's the carpenter's son. And now he's standing up proclaiming to us that he's the Messiah. He's anointed. He's the one anointed of the spirit. And it made him mad. It made him angry. And various other things we could say. And they were filled with wrath. They rose up and thrust him out of the city. They led him to the brow of the hill on which the city was built. That they might throw him down over the cliff. 
Now that is not a good way to end your first sermon in your hometown. So when I look at what happened to Jesus, I don't get near as upset when people walk out on me or people sit there and just tolerate me. At least I haven't had them take a club and want to beat me or take me to the out to the detention basin out back and drown me. But that's what happened to Jesus. They wanted to get rid of him and they took him to the brow of the hill and they tried to kill him. At the end of his first message in his hometown. And he had the power of God there and all he wanted to do was help him. Help the people. So, just because Jesus is there in full power, does that mean that people are going to get healed and helped? No. And just because I'm here... Anointed with a measure of the spirit, teaching the word of God, does that mean you're going to get helped? Absolutely not. It's only if you'll believe it, receive it. How do you receive something in the spirit? Believe. That's how you take hold of things in the spirits by believing. To believe is to receive. And it's not got to be with your head. It's got to be what? With your heart. That's how you take hold of things in the spirit. Believe them in your heart. Did that stop Jesus or deter him? Look at verse 30. Passing through the midst of them, he went his way. So, to conclude this message, I wonder what would happen if Jesus were to preach in the churches of America. I wonder how many would receive his message of repent and believe. I wonder how many would people would be healed. I wonder how many people would come back to hear him the next week. I wonder how many people would want to run him out of town. Something to think about, isn't it? We're going to get into one of Jesus' parables in a later session. Parable of the sower. And it teaches us this as Jesus preached that parable. There's four groups of people. Whenever the word of God is taught. Four groups of people. You're going to fall into one of those four groups. Three of those four groups don't receive. Only one of them receives the word of God. And in that one group that receives the word of God. There's only of that one fourth. Because one out of four, that's one fourth, isn't it? Only one fourth of the people that I preach to are going to receive anything at all. And of that one fourth that receives anything at all, there's only a third of them that are going to mature to the full. So every time I preach, there's only going to be one out of twelve people that listen to me. Generally speaking, it's not a hard and a fast rule, but because of the parable of the sower, there's only going to be one in twelve that's going to really get it. And, and produce, over time, fruit to the full. I don't know about you, but I want to be in that one group. And I don't know about you, but I want to be in that one third that produces to the full. There's much responsibility that lays upon the preacher. The preacher needs to show up with the word of God in his heart and in his mouth and anointed by the spirit. But did you know there's much to be said for the hearer? I've already been in services, been doing this a long time. I've already been in services where the Spirit of God wanted to do things. The Spirit of God wanted to heal people. The Spirit of God wanted to do things. But the people wouldn't allow it. I've been in services where the Spirit of God wanted to heal people. But you could tell the congregation, it was getting a little bit long. And people were starting to unhook. I'll tell you this much, you get in the spirit, you get under, because I've had people come to me over the years, they say, boy, it just seemed like you just started teaching and and you're closing up, closing the service up. Seems like time just 
Why is that? Because you get in under the anointing. And there's no time in the spirit. There's distance in the spirit. There's no time. But you see, I, I have to be anointed and you have to you have to you have to get in on that anointing. If time's dragging by for you in the service, there's one of two things. Either I'm not anointed that day or you or, or you're not one or the other. But you get an anointed preacher with an anointed listener and time was. Yeah, you have to the spirit of God wants me to point this out. You have to believe. In that anointing. Of the Spirit. Jesus talked about that anointing, didn't he? And the people that believed in that anointing, believed in him, in the anointing, had confidence in They got healed, didn't they? I remember Brother Hagin told the story years ago. He said that when the Lord appeared to him. Now, whether he did or not, I believe he did. He said, the Lord told him, he said, now I've given you a special anointing to minister to the sick. He said, tell people that I anointed you. And tell people that I told you to tell them that you were anointed. And people that would believe that would receive. So you have to believe that somebody is anointed. And that's why a lot of times I'll tell those stories before I minister to people. Because, you see, the Lord spoke to me as a, as a young boy very supernaturally. And told me that there would be a special anointing. See, now a lot of times people think I'm bragging right here, but I'm not. But he told me as a young boy, supernaturally, Spirit of God, when I was younger, spoke to me uh, on several occasions, very supernaturally concerning the call to the ministry and, and, and the healing anointing and, and some other things. But uh, and then he stopped, he stopped talking to me that way, supernaturally. And, and I got aggravated. Lord, why don't you just keep talking to me that way? Because you see, when you're a baby, he'll talk to you more super, in a more supernatural way. But then he expected me to grow up and be led by the Spirit through the Word of God. But he very supernaturally talked to me about the anointing. To, to, he said he gave me a special anointing to minister to the sick. And I talk about that. You know why I talk about that? The reason that I talk about that is because you have to believe that we're anointed. You have to believe that you have to have confidence in that anointing. And if you do, it'll work. And if it don't, then it won't. Did you hear what I just said? I said, did you hear what I just said? Did you hear what I just said? You ever notice? I need to say this. There's no time in the spirit. There's distance. How do I prove that? Because uh, remember when Lazarus and the rich man were over in the spirit. A rich man was in hell. How many of you know he didn't go to hell because he was rich? He went to hell because he didn't have time for Moses and the prophets who preached Jesus. But he saw and he saw Lazarus a ways off. And remember, Jesus sent his word to heal. There's there's distance in the spirit. There's just no time. Now we're going to we're going to do what the spirit of God directed me to do today. See, the anointing is here. But now here's how he wants to flow today. Stand with me, but don't unhook. Get me some prayer claws. This is how we're going to do it today. Get them for me. Now, do you remember the anointing? Realize, say the anointing. anointing. Yeah, the anointing. Yeah, get those for me. Bring a whole bunch of them. Bring them all. The anointing, are you okay? Are you okay to stick around for a few minutes? <clears throat> yeah, just, just set them up there. The anointing in the spirit is like electricity in the natural. Have you ever felt electricity in the natural? Anybody? Yeah. Well, the anointing, when you can feel it, sometimes you can. Uh, I remember 
a couple of, see, now I'm going to tell you these stories because you see what we're doing is we're building you your faith. We can get you to, are you okay to stick around for a little bit? Just, just a little bit. You okay? Are you sure? I remember now, now remember the anointing. Now the anointing in the spirit realm, it's, uh, it's like the electricity of the spiritual realm. We'll put it that way. It's power. I remember the first time I sensed the anointing. I, I laid all day sick on the couch, my mother's couch. And uh, there was a, a, a church here in Fenton that was starting up. And I was going to go to that meeting that night. And uh, I remember I laid all day sick with a fever. But I was going to that meeting. How many of you know desperate people do desperate things? So I decided not to lay on the couch and stay sick. I was going to go to that meeting. And really, I, I really didn't go to the meeting with, with the attitude, I'm going to go get healed. I just wanted to go hear, hear the word. And I, I, I'd always gone to Baptist church. Thank God for the Baptist. Amen. But see, what's the difference? Baptists, they, they typically, they don't believe in the baptism of the Spirit. How many of you know you need to be born of the Spirit to make heaven? You don't need to be baptized with the Spirit, you see. The evidence speaking in tongues. But I went to this church's charismatic church. They believed in the baptism of spirit. I went in there that night and I was standing on the second row and, and I went to hear a, a lady preach, actually, because she's on the radio back in those days. And then when she got done, the, the, the pastor of the church, the, the director of the church, uh, uh, David Crank was his name. He called me out of the cross. Senior. Senior. Daddy. He's now he's gone on to be with the Lord. He he uh, he called me out of the crowd and he began to prophesy to me some things about the ministry and, and, and the call on my life and so on and so forth. And when he got done, I'm standing there with my hands. I did the good Baptist stance. You know, I had that. And when I looked up, there was like an electrical net sitting on my head. And I looked down. I'm like a 19, 20 year old boy at the time. I looked up the second time and that was like electrical net was there. And I looked down. Third time it was there. Looked down. Fourth time I looked up, it was gone. But guess what else was gone? The fever was gone. Can you say amen? Glory to God. Can you say amen? And so then as it pertains to these cloths, did you know that the anointing can be stored in cloth? How many of you know that lady grabbed a hold of Jesus garment and the power flew out through, came out of his body? Is that right? Said came out of his body. Is that right? Came through that cloth into that believing lady and her issue. Do you have an issue today? If you have an issue today, the power of God can heal you. Can you say amen? And had an issue of blood and she touched the hem of his garment in faith. How many of you know many people touching him that day? No record that anybody else got anything. But she touched it, that garment, in faith. Much we could say about it. But the power of God flowed out of his body. See, the body, a, 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 a holy anointing, and cloth. Now, you can't get the anointing in paper. It, it'll hinder it. You can't, won't go into paper. Go into cloth, you see. And, and so, the anointing uh, went out of Jesus' body through the cloth into the woman and she was healed. Can you say Amen. Now, the Bible says that the Apostle Paul, they took, they took aprons from his body. Remember that? How many remembers that? And they brought them unto sick and demon-possessed, and they were delivered, set free. Can you say amen? But now, here in this ministry, there's a couple of real things I want to tell you uh, just real quickly to get you. See, you've got to believe in the anointing. I remember there was an a, a, a elderly couple that attended here for quite some time, many years. And they had a son that was running from the Lord. And uh, we prayed over these claws one day, 
and put them up here, just laid them up here. And they got one and they went and they put it in his bed unbeknownst to him. And when he, I guess he was away at college or something or whatever. But whenever he'd come over there to spend the night, he'd get in that bed and they had put that cloth in that bed. He didn't know it was in there. And he, he couldn't sleep in it. He had to get out of that bed. And they were just astounded by, see, that was the anointing in that bed. He was running from the anointing. It made him uncomfortable. Well, let's don't run from the anointing. Let's receive it. What do you say? Now, I tell you what, the most astounding, when I remember there's been times people have taken these claws to people in, in hospitals and places and the power of God hits them and heals them. Glory to God. But the one that was the most astounding, the most astounding, and this lady here is testimony of it. It happened to you. And it was your, your husband, and he had some kind of a problem. What was it? It was, it was his back or something. Yeah. But was there something wrong with him? Yeah. And you came up. Now, you were having neck problems, back yeah. problems. And we laid them up there, and, and we prayed. And you came up to get a cloth for him. Is that right? Am I telling this right? Yeah. And when you reach and you grab the, this cloth, you testified that you felt like electricity run up your arms. Is that right? right. And hit you in wherever it was you needed healing in the back. And it healed your neck. Heal, right. Is that right? right? That happened many years ago. Is that right? Right. Now, Jesus is still in the healing business. Say, Jesus is the healer. Say, Jesus is the healer. Say, Jesus is the healer. Say, the anointing is available and it'll heal me if I'll believe it. Because believing is to receive. Now, what we're going to do is we're going to release the power of God into these claws and then we'll just lay them up here. You can come up after the service and, and, and get one for yourself if you need it. Or you can take it to somebody. You can get several of them if you want. But take them to somebody that, that, that's sick and, uh, and, 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 and uh, get it to them. All right? Praise God. You okay? Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. Praise God. Stretch your hands towards. Stretch your hand. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. In the name of Jesus, the head of the church, the son of God, God, the son. Right now, we release the anointing of God into these claws. Yeah, I'm supposed to tell that story. I missed it. I remember years ago, I was in the line preaching. I, I preached and I was in the line laying hands on the sick. I, the Spirit of God wanted me to say this. I missed it. Aren't you glad he'll bring things to our remembrance? See, the anointing's on me right now. I'm just letting it soak into these claws. <laughs> but I was in the line up here praying for people years ago. And my assistant, Ryan, was his name. He was in the line with me. It's interesting, over the years as we prayed for people... Sometimes I'd sense the anointing and nobody else would. Sometimes they'd sense the anointing and and I wouldn't. Sometimes none of us had sensed the anointing. And you know, when we got people healed the most is when we didn't sense anything at all, but we walk by faith and not by sight. Can you say amen? 
But in this one case, I was going down the line praying for people. And I remember somehow or another, he grabbed, he got it, got it, took it. He, Ryan grabbed a hold of my coat for some reason. It wasn't to receive anything, but he grabbed a hold of my coat. And I remember he told me later, he said he had to pull it. It's like almost like touching your hand, almost like to a hot stove. Well, what was that? That was the anointing. I didn't sense it, but he did. He had to pull his hand away. Now, why is that? Am I anything special? No. Say it's the anointing. Praise God. And we're anointed. There's a healing anointing on this ministry. Praise God forevermore. So in the name of Jesus, we release that healing anointing into these claws. We release the healing anointing into these claws to drive out sickness, to drive out disease, 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 drive out sickness, drive out disease, drive out mental maladies, drive out mental maladies, drive out mental Maladies drive out mental maladies in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, head of the church, drive out demonic power, drive out because sometimes demonic power is behind sickness and disease. Sometimes it isn't. Sometimes it is. And sometimes you can't get to people healed till the demon leaves the body. So we drive out, drive out demons, drive out demons, drive out spirits of infirmity, drive out spirits of infirmity, drive out. Sometimes people are sick because they're afraid of Yeah, yeah, they're afraid of being sick. Stop being afraid of getting sick. Stop being afraid of getting sick. Oh, it's the flu season. It's the flu season. Oh, we all got to be afraid. No, stop being afraid of getting sick. Can you say amen? Amen. Now, use good sense. If somebody is sick, don't go around and have enough, you know, have enough sense to to use some good common sense. But stop being afraid of it. Can you say amen? amen? Drive out sickness, drive out disease, drive out demonic power, drive out, drive, drive out mental malady, straighten mental maladies. Yeah, bring, bring minds back into sound thinking, driving out sickness, driving out disease, driving out demonic power. Bringing about soundness and healing and wholeness. Soundness, healing. Yes, spirits of depression have to go. They have to go. They have to go. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. And if the person's not right with the Lord Jesus, when they come in contact with this cloth. Yeah, because you see, well, we can only take these cloths to people that are already born again. No, get them to sinners. Take them to people that are born again. Sure, sure, sure. Take them to people that are born again. Surely do that. Well, you get them to sinners, people that don't know Jesus. And I tell you what, just like that boy that was running from the Lord, get these, get get them in touch. See, people have been in touch with religion. Sinners have been in touch with religion and they're sick of it. They're soured on it. No, let's don't get them hooked up with religion. Let's get them hooked up with the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Glory to God. See people healed. See sinners healed and brought to the Lord that they won't be able to sleep at night until they get right with the Lord. Hallelujah. So in Jesus' name, we release the power of God into these claws to bring about soundness and wholeness in Jesus' name. Now, we'll leave these up here. You come up and get them and take them. They're yours. Take the anointing to people. And if they'll believe it and receive it, then healing will be brought about. Can you say amen? Amen. Well, we went a little longer today, but I hope you're okay with that.
Praise God. We want what the Spirit of God wants. And as we go over the next few weeks now, several weeks, be in prayer. Be in prayer that we're going to look at what Jesus said and that we get it what it is the Spirit of God wants us to get. Can you say amen? Now, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, before you leave, come up here to the front. There'll be some people standing up here. They'll introduce you to him. He'll miss hell, make heaven as a result. Hallelujah. Well, say thank God for the words of Jesus. We're more interested in what he said than what he looks like. If we'll get what he said, then we'll know what he looks like. For we know no man after the flesh, but after the spirit. And his words are spirit and his words are life. So we'll get what Jesus said and we'll get his anointing. And we'll be set free because we'll know the truth and the truth will make us free in Jesus name. Amen. Well, greet a couple people. You're dismissed.